702. The car feature. And it is our car feature time. We are taking your calls on 011 and the WhatsApp line 072 We're talking about extending your engine's life. And are you facing any uh, challenges with your vehicle engine? Give us a call and uh, get in touch with us and share. Or have you found that, A, there was a mechanic who advised me to do this and that's why now my vehicle's engine's life has been extended and share with us any of the stories that you experienced where your engine just died on you and the mechanic came through and said, this is actually the reason why this happened. We are joined today in the car feature by Rebanelwe Simakane, who is a motoring journalist. Ravanelo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Ravanelo. So let's let's start with, you know, what is the purpose of the vehicle's engine? And uh, sometimes when we have these discussions, we don't ask those very simple questions. And then when we do, we realize we didn't know all along why what the engine's job is. The engine is basically the heart of the vehicle. It's what makes everything go forward, backward, left, right. It's basically the brain and the main component of any any vehicle. Yes, there are all the small things that actually help it to run and to go and to start and to do whatever. But that is literally the thing that when you put your foot on the uh, brake or the clutch, almost an accelerator, brake or the clutch and you start it, turns the lights on, does everything. So it's a main component of any vehicle. Okay, so we assume that um, every vehicle um, that is moving has one in them. Obviously, times are changing and now we're going fully electrical. Uh, and maybe you can clarify that what is it that an electrical vehicle has in place of an engine or they all have them? No, no, no. So in terms of an electric vehicle, it depends. So there's a hybrid vehicle. So hybrid vehicles still have a conventional engine, but a, a larger battery than most internal combustion vehicles. So that battery now doubles up as between the other half or the other main component of the vehicle. So when you're coasting, you can move into more a hybridized uh, form of moving. So now the vehicle becomes a bit more quieter and saves fuel and often the emissions are a lot less. But once you speed up, it goes back to the internal combustion engine. So they work together very well. In a fully, fully electric vehicle, be it a plug-in electric vehicle, or be, yeah, so those are the, all of them are mainly plug-in, so they're not hybrid. Hybrids really charge themselves with a feature called regenerative braking. So once you hit the brake, it starts to charge the battery, giving you more range, um, but you still pour fuel in them. In a fully electric vehicle, where you plug it into a socket, the way you plug in your phone or your laptop, in the engine bay, there's nothing. There's very hollow with just a lot of wires and batteries either in the front axle or in the rear axle. It depends on the manufacturer. Um, so some just have a single front motor, some have a rear motor, and it still works like a normal combustion vehicle, but now it's just that you have to charge it and there's no conventional engine in the engine. Yes, yes, that helps uh, to explain that. So now, um, yesterday, funny enough, I was asking everybody because my garage door motor and gate motor just decided to pack up with the cold and so many people said oh my goodness my car took 30 minutes to start and others were sharing about the challenges with their vehicles can you talk to us just in light of what happened yesterday and the extreme cold weather we were experiencing what happens that some cars don't just switch on um, and we're assuming we're referring to old ones what's the reason that they need to be warmed up to get going you know we always think that vehicles can 
are, you know, are invincible and can take on any type of weather. But when it's extremely hot or it's extremely cold, they do get kind of agitated. The way the human body also, when it's super cold, we were all just frustrated yesterday. No one wanted to do anything. Any form of movement, trying to do something um, was just really, 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 like, it was hard. So when it's super, super cold, sometimes the engines start to like everything just gets very, very cold, all the oils and everything, and then they just pack up and freeze, or it takes long to start. That's why a lot of people in the winter weather, when, before they go to work, um, they start their car and let it idle bit so that it can heat up. I don't know if you've noticed, but when you start your car, your oil level is super, super low. The, the needle or the gauge is always by the seat because the car has been through a lot. And a lot of us now, because of the way we live now, a lot of us don't have conventional garages or standalone houses. We're in a state that have parking bays. So when cars are parked outside overnight in such weather, it's very, very bad. Yes, yes. Okay, so then let's jump on to, um, you know, when you get your, your vehicle and your engine is brand new, what is it that you're getting that that has not been affected by wear and tear? I don't know. A brand new vehicle, probably because it's gone through so many strenuous tests, so it's gone through water testing at the at the factory, it's gone through uh, different types of weather conditions. So brand new vehicles are actually less susceptible to packing up and just uh, um, not uh, running for an extended period of time. Because when you buy a vehicle, they do tell you that your warranty is about three years, 100,000 k. So they have faith in their vehicle that, that in that engine that will last you about 100,000 k. Or, or less, depending on the manufacturer, and depending on also how you look uh, look after it. It also plays a big factor which manufacturer, which OEM you buy into, because some are more reliable than others. There are brand new cars that can pack up at 10,000 kilometers, or some pack up at 300,000 kilometers. So it's neither, you know, there's not a concise formula or something that's set in stone about how these things work, because some people have better luck than others um, when it comes to their engines. And, and and I think then on that note of what you're sharing, and I'm aware that you are neutral um, as a motoring journalist when it comes to um, vehicle brands, but I'm curious, which are the vehicles that currently, as in the newer ones that are coming out, that um, you are concerned by the engines that they have? And which ones are the ones that you're like, these have been around for long and this engine has never given, you know, people consistent problems? I think that is also a very tricky one as journalists because we don't have the cars for a prolonged period of time. Mm. So the best person is that someone who's literally at the at the helm of these vehicles, fixing them and things like that, because we only see what we, we get and these cars are properly maintained. Every week, week in and week out, they are checked and whatever. So if the test unit is faulty, and they won't send it out to a journal. But there have been a lot of complaints about certain manufacturers which unfortunately I cannot delve into, even those that have been tried and tested and loved for the longest of times that the, the quality of the engines have declined and stuff like that. Because now with all the emission scandals that's been happening, taxes, uh, diesel gate, things that also... Uh, um, electric vehicles also coming into the fourth. A lot of manufacturers now are trying to cut costs. And now that compromises a bit on engine quality and reliability of the vehicles. Um, not just even with the brands that are tried and tested, but even with the newer ones. You know, um, there's a lot of new manufacturers coming in um, who are trying to make sure that they, you know, give South Africans a lot of bang for their buck. But you need to give them at least three to five years to see if the reliability of the engines is still up, 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 up to scratch. 
Yes, yes. And I think, um, you know, there are some car brands or manufacturers that already have a solid reputation um, um, for being so good. Um, so much so that they're at the top of the list of most hijacked vehicle because they're in such demand. Um, I guess, I guess. <laughs> um, but I mean, like I always say that, you know what, guys, buy whatever car you want because they, but they enjoy, if they want it, they'll see it. Mm-hmm. You know, they can be on the, the top of the list because they steal this, this, that, and the third mm. um, because they're sold in bulk and there's a lot of numbers of it so it's easier to steal and things like that. But I think there was a video that surfaced of a very, very luxurious Japanese brand that sells in niche and niche numbers and it still got stolen. So I just always say to people that as long as you have insurance, you have nothing to worry about. Just, yeah. I, I, <laughs> when it comes to stolen brands, I really am just like quite indifferent because I'm like, guys, if they want it, they are going to take it. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, so let's talk about some of the things you can do to maintain your vehicle's engine life. You know what? The best thing to do, also, like I said earlier, Try to get sure that it's parked somewhere that's a bit neutral in terms of weather, which is quite tricky because, like I said, a lot of us who park our cars in uh, parking bays, so it's exposed to either extremely hot weather or extremely cold weather. But parking outside and having it susceptible to that does also add to the wear and tear. Avoid the overloading of your vehicle. So if you know that your vehicle can take this, that's why there's some vehicles like biking that have a towing capacity because that engine must be able to hold those things. Mm. So... You know, we see a lot of people taking super small cars and loading beds and fridges and everything. <laughs> totally understandable, but yes. ways the car is too small for that. It's not built for that. So you must know that the car that you're buying also has limits in terms of what it can do. So don't overburden it in that sense. You know, they also say that you must not put your foot down and be speeding all the time. Mm. But then some can argue that certain cars that are meant to be driven like stolen. <laughs> so you know, it really is all dependent on um, the, the, the person, you know, but also just look after the car and also the bodywork, you know, bumping into potholes, driving regularly really, really does wear mm. not just the engine components of the vehicle, you know, kind of decreasing the lifespan of it. You know, service your car regularly, look after it. When you're going on a long distance trip, check the oil, the brakes, everything. Don't just jump into the car and drive, you know, and always keep up to your service dates, maintain it as well as you can. So there's a, just look after that car like your baby, you know, yes. and I think it'll just, well, I think that's what a lot of people say, that you treat your car well, it'll treat you well. And also be aware of the OEM you buy into, do due diligence in terms of your research as to which uh, manufacturer has the best lifespan in terms of these engines and things like that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I also feel like as people, there are so many things we're supposed to be doing more often that we're not doing as often. I'm not even talking about major service. I just mean things like checking oil and water. Yeah, no, that's something that we always uh, omit. You know, um, it's something that we only probably do only on long distance drives, like over the December or the festive period. You know, now when it's time for Easter or Christmas or New Year's, it's only the time you're like, yo, because it's a long distance, you must do it regularly. You know, mm. I think maybe three or intervals um, or even less maybe when you're just going to fill up and just say okay, please check my 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 oil for me there you know tire pressure also check it because some cars don't have tire pressure monitors so you won't know if one tire is flatter than the other or deflated and just do it as regularly as you can I know we have busy schedules and we just want to get to the petrol station fill up and go 
But like I said, look after your car and it will look after you. All right, there's some questions coming through on the WhatsApp line 072 And of course, you can still give us a call 011-8830702. I parked my car outside. So for how long must I keep my car uh, warming up before I start going, before I start driving? Thank you. Rabanelwe? Mm. You know, it really does um, depend. I mean, you can just get up and go and uh, as long as the car's not stagnant. So if it was driving the day before, then you should be fine. Get get up in the morning, start it, maybe idle it for about 10 minutes or so and just let it warm up a bit and then start your commute also. But with newer vehicles, that's not necessarily necessary. But, you know, if it's parked maybe for a prolonged period of time, maybe over a weekend or a week in such cold weather or extremely hot weather, that's when you need to now just make sure that it's starting regularly and moving. So the car just needs to be always not not stationary. It just has to have a lot of movement and just has to keep going. So if you park it after work, you know, like now at 5 p.m., it's going to be there. It's going to probably get cold a bit. But in the morning when you check it started, sit for about 5, 10 minutes and then you can get on the road. I'm wondering, uh, Rabanelwe, what what is the major difference between a petrol engine and a diesel engine? Um, yeah, it's all, it's just the fuel difference. But I noticed that with diesel engines, you get a lot more torque, and they are more prominent in bigger vehicles that need to haul things. You know, you do get petrol buggies, but the power output is not exactly the same as a diesel engine. A diesel engine also lasts significantly longer. Um, than a petrol engine in terms of its longevity, it's a lot better. So a lot of people have opted for diesel because they can outlive you. They last for a very long time. And also, fuel, as we all know, fuel in a diesel is much cheaper and it's actually more fuel efficient than a petrol engine. Um, so it's kind of like childless fuel than a conventional petrol engine. So based on what you're saying, does that then mean that if a person is buying a new car and there's an option for petrol or a diesel version, they should usually opt for diesel? Yes, but nowadays, because of the move to electric, diesel is very bad. So back in the day, diesel was very, very much loved for a lot of vehicles. You even could get um, hatchbacks in diesel form, but a lot of entry-level cars and a lot of um, budget vehicles don't have diesel variants anymore. You find that the more premium cars as we move up the, the, the ranges. So nowadays, because of the move of electrification and hybrid, diesel is starting to become a bit obsolete, but I think if you have the money now to get yourself a very good diesel engine, buy into it and keep it for as long as possible. Yes, and I think that uh, what you're sharing there is uh, quite important and relevant for those who aren't in the know. Um, I mean, you've touched on uh, not driving um, uh, recklessly. We've spoken about warming up the engine. Can we quickly touch on the air filter? What are, you know, are, are we leaving too many things to those that are are doing services on our vehicle for certain jobs we should be checking ourselves? I mean, there's some jobs that are quite intricate um, that I think that you shouldn't do at home because I think some manufacturers would, if they find out that you tampered with your car and started to take out things, trying to fix it on your own or trying to check it on your own, and it now affects the whole vehicle, then they void the warranty and now you have stress. So I think the main, the minor things that we can focus on as uh, motorists um, it's just taking the oil, the brakes, you know, if you hear any creaks and sounds, take it in. You know, there are some things that are a bit more complex that we won't be able to do, like things like that. Maybe changing spark plugs, I've heard it's easy, but I wouldn't just wake up and randomly change my spark plugs because the people at the, at the, at the dealership, the mechanics are more 
equipped to do that for us. I'm just chuckling to myself because um, uh, I had somebody that literally used a YouTube video <laughs> to figure out yes. how to change the spark plug and they got it right. <laughs> I've seen TikTok, people park their cars for the day, jack it up and start working on it. And I'm like, no, there's a reason we get these warranties and all these things and insurance for these things to be done for us. You know, as long as the basic care is there and given to the vehicle, everything major, major services, even if you hear a creak or whatever and you're not sure what it is, take it in or, or ask around, you know, now you're doing it on your own and something goes wrong. <laughs> Rowan Ailu, thank you so, so much for chatting to us today on our car feature talking all things extending a vehicle's engine life. Times are tough. Not everybody can be upgrading some. It's too expensive to 